Mac Power Users, Episode 72, Workflows with Colleen Wainwright. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users Podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with David Sparks. We want to thank Smile Software for exclusively sponsoring this episode, but more on that later. How are you, David? I am very well, thank you. All right. And uh, I'm excited about this episode. We have survived Macworld, hopefully. Um, and we are here with Colleen Wainwright. How are you, Colleen? I am doing great. Thank you very much for asking. All right. And, and you are very exciting. You are a very exciting person. <laughs> How so? <laughs> I mean, you are just all over the place. I mean, you're raising all this money for all these people and all these charitable organizations, and then you're on the web and you're you you poems and songs and and everything. So you have lots of energy at at very early in the morning for you, I might add. Yeah, well, this is early in the morning for me. Um, I I think anything that's before noon is early in the morning for me, but that's another story for another day. So why don't we back up just a step? Why don't you tell people what do you do? Oh, geez. Um, okay. So what I tell people I do is as little as possible, which is, of course, a lie. I do a lot of different things. Uh, what I mostly do these days for cash money is I write and talk to people about marketing, specifically creative people. So actors and photographers and designers and writers and all these creative producers who are sort of having their worlds up, turned upside down right now because of the internet in both the good and the bad way. And uh, I talk to them about how to market and not be so afraid of it and use the tools and calm down and be patient and build a little fan base. And and we all have a good time doing those things together. Well, you do more than that, Colleen. I, I just I, think <laughs> you're awesome. So <laughs> if, you. if, if you, you haven't heard of Colleen yet, go on your computers right now on the dot com on the Google and look up Communicatrix and it's communicatrix.com. And yeah, I first discovered you. I don't know, a couple of years ago. I mean, you've been doing this Communicatrix blog for a long time. Uh, 2004. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a long time in internet land, right? So It is. And the thing is, it's a common theme with a lot of our workflow guests is we've got these people who have really built their own brand and, and built their own thing. And I think you fit in that category. Uh, in fact, if you go to the website, it's very humorous the way you talk about you know, the various phases of your life. And, you know, you worked for a really big advertising agency and, and worked on commercials and did all the sorts of, of things that people do when they check the right boxes and they go through college. And you still had the guts to kind of change it up at some point and go out and create this whole communicatrix brand and the things that you're doing. Um, and it just makes you really special. I was telling you before we recorded the show, I've always been following your blog and keeping up with your life, you know. And it's funny because I felt like I knew you, but we had never spoken. And then one day you did a tweet saying that you were reading the Mac at Work book I wrote and how much you liked it, and it just thrilled Such me. Such a good book. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, but you know, when you hear someone that you really respect or really like, and you hear that they like what you do, it just it just made me warm and fuzzy inside. Well, I'm glad it did, and I hope um, I hope it spurs you on to write many, many more books of a useful and enjoyable nature. Because really, that's I can't stand learning things from things that are boring. And what I appreciated so much about the book was it was beautifully put together um, and and just really well written and enjoyable to engage with. So yeah, kudos. Not, who cares about it's me? Got a very interesting writing style. 
Oh, really? <laughs> well, I, I really was kind of reined in for those books, you know, because, you know, if you read my blog, I'm a little looser, but the, um, yes, but I'm working on that anyway. Yeah. Um, but the reason we're here though, is because of you and the stuff you do. And it's really, it's very entertaining, but also inspirational going to your website and seeing what you're doing. And, and Katie had mentioned earlier, one of the things you did last year is as you were approaching your 50th birthday, you decided you were going to raise $50,000 for one of your favorite charities. And you did it, you know? I did it. We did and it and did then some. It. We did yeah. quite a bit more. You raised $61,517. Does that yes. sound right? That's what we raised. And that's what we raised through. We did an Indiegogo, you know, crowdfunding campaign. Um, and then because of this like remarkable thing that we had done, because it's kind of unusual in the middle of a recession for, you know, the internet to stand up and, and in ones and twos and whatever, um, give this money, uh, foundation who shall remain anonymous, except to a few of us matched us 50. So we actually raised $111,517. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so tell us first about the organization that you raised the money for and the wonderful things that they do. Oh, they're just extraordinary. They're called right girl. Um, they're right girl.org on the internets and they've been around for 10 years just here locally in Los Angeles started by a woman named Karen Taylor who's another one of those hyphenates she's you know a singer and she's you know she was like an actual jazz singer for money and she did all kinds of other things writing and poetry and this and that and she founded this organization to teach girls self-esteem and confidence through creative writing skills. So is this like middle school age, high school age? High school or? age, high school. Okay. So it's like they can go all the way, they can start as soon as they're in the high school and then go all the way through. And sometimes they do, like the younger girls they get at whatever, 14, however old you are now when you get into high school, um, they'll see all the way through. And because they've been doing this for 10 years, they have a track record now. They've got a 10-year track record, 100% graduation rate from high school, 100% wow. placement rate in college. And then these girls have gone on to do like extraordinary things with their um, with their you know, a very, very few years worth of CV. They've done quite a bit. So they're, I cry every time I go to one of their meetings. They do one on one mentoring every week for the season. They teach them how to mentor the girls. And then, um, they have a once a month meetup where they uh, explore one aspect of creative writing. So they have a poetry one because we're here in Los Angeles. They have a screenwriting one and playwriting and songwriting and just every type of writing. And the girls, do stuff every week, every month, every week. And then at the end of the year, they produce a book, a really beautiful book of all this writing. Yeah. It's, so, it looks really great. It's terrific. How did you raise a hundred thousand plus dollars? <laughs> dollar by dollar. Um, yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know. It's like, sometimes I look at it like, what was I crazy? I was crazy to do that. Um, but I, I corralled a lot of people up front and said, um, I know this sounds crazy, but this is the thing I want to do. And I'm hoping that, you know, that you'll, that you can help me in this specific way. So the first thing I did is I tried to elicit some, um, support in very specific ways from like, you know, Mike Montero and the mule design people said, yeah, okay, well, we'll do a, a new run of this old t-shirt for you. And, and, um, Gene McDonald and Smile, uh, the partners at Smile all gave a bunch of uh, text expander licenses and so on and so forth. So I got a bunch of like writing related perks and support that way. And then I got some designer friends to make desktop wallpapers. So we just, we put the whole thing together and then we made it, you know, got some other friends who make videos to make a video. It was very Mickey Rooney, um, Judy Garland, if I'm not the most ancient person in the world bringing that reference up, but you know, <laughs> but you know, we're going to put on a show and we are going to sew the costumes and all that sort of stuff. And then it just, we, I went out with this, you know, with a bang and I, I wound up devoting my 
sell full time to it for two months. So that's the thing people need to know is it was not just like, oh, in my spare time, I'll do this. It was like a full time job and then some for 50 days. Was it like you just tweeted a link and said, please donate or anything? No. Oh, no. And the, I was scrupulous about following my own, you know, eating my own dog food and not like resorting to hateful tactics of bullying people into doing things and, and splashing tweets and Facebook posts everywhere. So it really was about asking and inviting much more than pushing stuff out there because I'm very much about the poll marketing and inviting people in and, and showing them a good time, like saying, look, we can all do this fun thing together if, if it's fun for you. And if it's not, go do your thing that's fun for you. Um, but enough people thought it was fun that we did it. And I got a lot of writers involved too. I did a, I wound up doing a series of interviews with women writers, friends of mine, and they all had their audiences, which helped. And then John Gruber picked it up and put it on Daring Fireball. So we got a bunch of nerds, you know, who knew about it. So that was really terrific. Um, so, so bit by bit, and it was terrifying in the middle because there was a huge dip, but it came together at the end. And it was the most exciting Saturday night I have ever had. We just were all on the internet hitting refresh, watching the number roll over to 50. It was great. Awesome. It's like, yeah. it's like gorilla charity. You know? <laughs> it's kind of, it's a great, that's a great term for it. Yeah. But it, it really is awesome. And, and so you've, you've really kind of created a life for yourself with the things you're doing. Um, you're a trailblazer and you're doing it all with your Mac. Yes. And uh, that's what we're, you know, cause we're nerds. We like to talk about that stuff. And, yes. um, and even before the show, you were telling us all the stuff you do on, on your Mac. And so you started out as a writer before anything else. And yes. your main writing app is text edit. Pretty much. I mean, I, well, that's my main writing app for just getting things started. I have a ton of ideas scattered in, you know, field notebooks and text files all over the computer, all over everywhere. It's kind of, I wish there were more order to it, but there's not. Um, but yeah, a lot of, most things start as some kind of series of ideas in text edit. But then I, what I find is it's interesting. I play around with different sorts of things uh, to sort of facilitate my thinking and shake it up a little bit, I guess. So I've been using lately Mars edit, but I really use it in an offline capacity to gather ideas. And that's when, when I go there, I know I'm compiling stuff for one of the two blogs that I write for. So that's where that originates. And then other things will originate in an Evernote file and other things originate in, um, an OmniFocus or wherever. So, I mean, anything that I can type into is a chance to start writing. And I kind of like that. It's almost like stashing little treats for yourself everywhere. It's like, Oh good. I, I ran out of food, but I know I have a stash of chocolate over here in this, you know, back of this cupboard. And that's what <laughs> some of those files turn out to be. Now the uh, Mars edit is kind of interesting. So that's a blogging tool and it yes. allows you to link it to your blog. So you start writing posts in Mars edit and kind of let them cook there for a while. Is that what I am getting? Yes, I'll have, well, sometimes I'll start in a text edit file and then bring it over. But a lot of times I'll do that because even though I know there's like a whole school of thought that says don't format and just type, I say do whatever it takes to get the words out of your head into some form that someone else can read it. So I do have a lot of pieces cooking there. And a lot of times, I don't know if this is your experience, um, when you write more th thought pieces or essays or whatever, personal essays, but I'll, I'll think I'm going to be writing about something and start like with a story or start writing about it. And I'll realize halfway through it's really about something else. So it takes a turn. And then that file, um, I, I just name a scraps file with a date. And then I can come back and I'll sort of be oriented in space and time about what I was writing. But then 
and that usually will turn into the next thing and then something else becomes a scraps file. So I have yeah. a number of those going for my blog, for my main blog, Communicatrix. Yeah. And where are you storing all these? Just in files and folders? Because I know, D- David, you use like um, uh, NV Alton and you have these random bits of text, but where did these all live? Oh, Katie, I wish I knew because I'm sure there's <laughs> brilliant ideas stashed away um, in the back of those covers. Uh, in Mars Edit, they just live in Mars Edit. That's it. I don't even know. Like, I'm sure it lives somewhere on the computer. I have no idea where, but I just go find it in Mars Edit. And then the text files, I have a few files um, called Bucket, and I'll do Bucket with a date just when the bucket gets too big and I'll just, just dump stuff in there. And so I can pull stuff up and go through it when I get stuck and see if there's something in there, a little, a little snippet or something. Um, I also have pieces in Evernote and those are just obviously stored as Evernote files or maybe not obviously, but that's where they are. So um, that's where those are. But yeah, they're not like, I, and I do now I'm getting be- better about just keeping things in Dropbox so that I can find them later and that I know they're backed up. And if I'm accessing them on a different machine, I can get at them. That's useful. Yeah, Dropbox is pretty amazing. I mean, anybody totally. can anybody can use multiple Macs now. Oh, it's a miracle. Yeah, it's curious. You know, Apple's got the iCloud thing, but they haven't really they're not really clicking on all cylinders on that yet. So I'm not sure how it's all going to pan out. The um, you know, the left turn thing you were talking about though that I totally get that, and you know, that only happens on my best posts. You know, yes, the ones that that turned into something entirely different. But, you know, you're up in L.A. I'm in Orange County. We're going to get together for lunch or something someday. I'm going to hook you up with NVL. You need something where you can have all of them in one place and search them. That's That really, at least for me, makes a big difference. I will take you up on that. Okay. <laughs> Anything that helps me get a little bit more organized is great. But but I am curious, though, about uh, using Mars Edit. I used to use it a long time ago. I just bought it a few weeks ago, and I thought I'd start using it for Max Sparky. And I haven't really incorporated it into what I do yet. But it, I think that's kind of a good idea because you can save drafts in the app. And yeah. So you can like put something in there and just leave it. You know, when, when you rush to publish, it always seems like it becomes a mess. Yeah. I, well, it depends also on the type of thing you're writing. Because as you said, those, you know, those twisty kind of things where we're trying to extract you know, gems from this mess that's our life. Um, those are, those take a while. They have to, they have to, I'm just mixing all kind of my metaphors. They have to bake in that oven a little bit longer. But I also write for, um, an acting publication for, for commercial actors. And those are very straightforward, you know, do this, this and this and quit being an idiot actor type posts. And those, I just, I sit down, I start them, I write them, and then I, I hit, I publish them as a draft to the blog. And then, you know, cause they finally fix their workflow a little bit so that they can just take it on their end and do whatever they need with it. They, they move it into an, into a newsletter software and it also exists as a blog on the web. So I think that it's also good just for straightforward writing, I guess is what I'm saying. But I, I do love it for the baking factor. So do you, yeah, bu- go ahead, Jay. I was going to say your your blog is quite involved. Are, are you using some kind of custom CMS? Are you just using a WordPlate, uh, WordPress template or Tumblr, or, or how do you keep all of that going and, and organized? Um, it's, I, I wish it were more organized than it is, Katie. <laughs> but um, this is me we're talking about. So it's WordPress. It's just a regular WordPress install. And way back, I I moved off of TypePad to WordPress. I think in two thousand six. And because I fancied myself a bit of a designer, I sort of hacked together a couple different themes. And then by 2010, the, it was just horrible. I just made a mess of everything. I mean, my, um, 
my CSS, I wouldn't even show it to anybody. It, it was just, it was awful. So um, I paid somebody to port it over to Thesis. So at least it would be clean. At least the code would be clean and the pages would load quickly. But um, that's it. It's, there ain't nothing fancy about it. Uh, in fact, I would like to make things a little less fancy still because I'm kind of done with having to design things and get back in there and try and work out how to make it look the way I want to on a computer. Yeah. I had Max Sparky uh, on WordPress and I switched it over to Squarespace a couple years ago. And recently I did a massive redesign and all the steps I took was I went to with one of the basic, very basic uh, Squarespace designs and then tweaked that a bit. And I'm really happy with it. And I didn't have to do much work. <laughs> yeah. I, sometimes I think getting out of WordPress is, is the answer. Although I'm sure I am. Get, uh, yeah. Thinking of that myself. I'm getting, I'm sure I'm going to get plenty of email telling me why I'm wrong about that, but <laughs> you know. you're wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. The thing about WordPress that concerned me is I always had to do these updates and I kept reading his articles about WordPress hacks. And I just said, you know, I just and don't things want things that went horribly wrong. Yeah. Well, I got hacked this summer, right in the middle of 50 for 50. It was a disaster. They took my site down. Oh. Yeah. In the middle yeah. of it. It was awful. So I, that's that's really what kind of spurred me on to start looking into other options. And I've been looking at the Squarespace option for a while now. Well, there's a special circle in hell for the person that did that while you're uh, <laughs> trying to raise 50000 for charity. The, um, no. Now, now, do you raise – you raise uh, – I'm sorry. Backing up. You write for the web a lot. Now, do you do it yes. in HTML or do you just do a plain text or what's your workflow for that? Um, again, it – depends i i don't i know i should um learn what's that that all the cool kids do oh, that markdown John, yeah markdown and i yeah. i sat down to try and teach myself that and i'm like it actually looks like you don't it wouldn't take too much time to move myself over to that you know as part of my workflow but because i never give myself enough time to do the jobs i have to do i i'm still de- i depend heavily on deadlines to get my work done uh, what I end up doing is writing in something like Mars Edit, which then I just go in and cheat and grab the HTML and paste it into um, a text file, you know, into like Text Wrangler and, and create an HTML file. And I'll send that off to my editors that, blo- you know, post to another blog so that There's, they can just paste the HTML. That's not cheating. I mean, that works, you know. The, uh, <laughs> it works for me. And the guy who does Mars Edit is really smart. Um, I think that's Daniel Jaikow who does that. But the... um. The, so the, I'm sure the HTML is really clean. The, you know, just don't do it in like Microsoft Word. That's oh no, no, yeah. no. But the, no, uh, and I do use Microsoft Word for a few things, but uh, only under duress. <laughs> yeah, I've been using ByWord more for that, and then exporting it as just as the HTML, and it, it seems to be pretty clean. Yeah, that works too. Um, so. so now, in addition to all this writing, though. Um, you know, looking over your resume, at one point you were the the PowerPoint ninja of the world. <laughs> I was. Well, I thought I was. Then I met people like, you know, then I went and saw the work they do at Duarte and I was like, oh, I just hung my head in shame and moved on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I worked I for a brief time in between um, my career as a copywriter, well, actually in between my career as a copywriter and failed television writer and my career as a commercial actor, I had a day job, you know, stupid actor day job. And my day job was working as the, I guess I was like the 30, the oldest gopher in the world. I was like a 35 year old gopher. I would do whatever they said, like go get coffee, you know, go make the copies, go whatever. 
And I would do it and get bored and I'd need something else. So they started giving me their presentations to do. I'm like, well, this is fun. At least I can poke around and, you know, make something. And then I became the go-to person at this uh, media buying company for the presentations. I did all the presentations for media research and they were pretty involved because they had some big clients like Disney and so on and so forth. Um, so I was doing pretty big presentations and, and I figured out how to like bust it apart. Like I just would pull things apart and destroy them and rebuild them. So I was animating charts by hand. I mean, I was basically using it as like a rudimentary animation program, but not using it the way they said to use it. And so other people started coming to me to do that. And then um, some friends in theater, in the theater world, because I was still doing um, theater, uh, they came to me and said, well, you do this. Can you just do that too? Uh, can you design something for us? I'm like, I don't know. Let me try. And another friend hooked me up with the uh, spare computer with, uh, you know, a spare Mac with the um, Adobe suite, the creative suite. And he taught me three tools for each program, and which was really smart. And he just said, here's a project. Here's three tools. Go, go solve these problems with these tools. And then knowing that when I got stuck, I would just go figure out where the other tool was. So I taught myself Photoshop and Illustrator um, and Quark. Back then we were still using Quark. And so I started doing, a, I became then the go-to person in the LA 99 seat theater world for doing uh, flyers for postcards, which is kind of hilarious. That grew out of PowerPoint. That's the funny thing. Yeah, the PowerPoint of yeah. all things. So, well, I yeah. want to talk. Do, do you still use PowerPoint? No, I do okay. not. I okay, and I definitely want to over. talk about your transition to Keynote. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we do need to uh, pay the bills. So uh, I thought let's take a minute first and talk about our exclusive sponsor today, Smile Software. And uh, Colleen, you've got a relationship with Smile, as you were talking about earlier. They were helpful in supporting your, your charity drive. But you're yes. also a text expander geek, right? Totally love it. Totally. All right. So what are some of your favorite snippets? Oh, okay. Favorite snippets. Um, well, of course, I do. Uh, I have like 8 million signatures that I keep. And they're in pieces. So I have like I, – I sign all my things XXX return small c so i have those put into everything and then i have every other variation of with like maps to my house and and uh urls and sign up for this newsletter or whatever but i only execute those you know as i need to and text expander um you know appropriate to the situation so i'm not yeah. annoying people with a big signature so those so are a big so you replace your um signature in your email app rather than having it do it you just use a text expander snippet uh, depending on the circumstances right Yes, or yeah. more like twenty of them. What, what's your uh, What's your shortcuts for that? Mine is always um, it, it's something sig. I'll like max sig is my max Sparky sig, and you know work sig is my fancy lawyer sig. Um, what, what do you use for your shortcut for that? Uh, I use XXC because that's how I sign everything. So okay. it's 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 either XXC that's the main one or XCU for um my main URL and uh, or XCN for the newsletter or XCT for the telephone or you know XCC for cell. So because it's an X in there, uh, pretty almost anything you stick after it is not going to be a real word. So that's not an issue. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Like, yeah. you- see, someone taught me this trick. I always end mine in semicolons. So semicolon space is what expands the snippet. Oh, that's smart. I like that. Yeah. yeah and then some people kind use of- the carrot or I have a bunch for my, uh, my legal billing stuff. I use the B just, I, use, I put a B before a, um, a, uh, a short 
list of letters and they never make actual words because I'm using them a lot on my iPad. So I want this, the snippet to trigger without me having to switch to a different keyboard, you know, like to get a period, you have to switch to a different keyboard. Right. Um, Do you use it in your writing uh, stuff as well? I mean, like laying out articles or do you do anything like that with text expander? I use it a lot in the notes phase. Um, I have a number of, cause I, I think I mentioned that I like to, I've, I'm still sort of visually oriented. I need to see things sort of laid out on a page. So I have uh, a lot of shortcuts that will add long lines of asterisks or that will create double uh, rows of equal signs and then return the caret in between the equal signs so that I can type a headline um, and do things like that. So I have a whole number of those or, you know, like 25 asterisks and then 10 and then five so that there's a break of, you know, for certain types of sections. Um, so so, so you're I, use, already I use that kind doing- of formatting. You're already doing headings and markdown. That's how you do it. Yes. Them. I guess that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I just need to learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just amazing text expander, the ways you can use it. One of the things I started doing was I was thinking about my appointments that I have every day and I like to have an agenda when I meet with somebody. So I've started uh the day before, I send out an email and send a text extender snippet. I use the one with the fill in card so I can actually have it just fill in the name of the client or the person I meet with and I have some agenda items. And I just go through my calendar and I hit a, a little snippet and I create a very nice email to a person saying, Hey, just to remind you we're meeting tomorrow. These are the three things we want to talk about and this is what I need you to bring to the meeting. And in my professional life, it's really scaring the hell out of people because, you know, it's like I'm so on top of it. And, you know, I, I don't have. My, <laughs> and it took him 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't have my secretary. Yeah. Do it. I do it myself because it's it's actually faster for me just to do a snippet into an email than for me to explain to her who I need an email to go out to and what it needs to say and what the things that are important to me. And um, I just, you know, I just continue to, you know, be amazed at the ways I can use this tool in my life. It's incredible. Um, yeah, I use, um, trying to think of what else I use. I have a lot of boilerplate types text that I use because I like to send a note to people. You know, all this stuff with social media, people invite you to join things and you could ignore them, I guess, because just because like so someone calling you on the telephone, does someone calls you on the telephone during dinner, it doesn't mean you have to pick up. Not that yeah. anyone calls me ever, but, um, so I'll, I have a lot of things that are stuck in there that I can then amend a little bit, you know, to make them more personalized. But, um, then I can reply to people quickly and say, Hey, this, my, you know, my policy is to sort of friend people up on Facebook first and get to know them. And then I do this and this, and I don't talk to anyone on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. And it just makes life a little bit nicer. Yeah, that's great. So text expander is in the Mac app store. It's 35 bucks and it is the, it is the premier text expansion app on the Mac. It not only does it do the kinds of things we're talking about, uh, it also allows you to create fill in forms. It allows you to insert scripts. I mean, you can really do a lot with your Mac using text expander. And if you haven't got it yet, go get it and check it out and uh, let them know you heard about it from us. Um, there's also a version for the iOS, which allows you to sync all of your snippets over using your Dropbox account. So when th- that day, Colleen, that you step up and get yourself an iPad, all your snippets will be on your iPad as well uh, with the text hey. expander touch up. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, uh, Smile, for supporting the podcast. And uh, let's talk a little bit about your transition to Keynote. Okay. So you were, you're a PowerPoint guru. I had a similar experience because there was a time when I was primarily using PCs. And um, when I came over, one of the things I really loved about the Mac was the introduction of Keynote and the way it works. But I'd like to hear your experiences with it. 
Um, so I'll first explain the reason why I was using PowerPoint, obviously to excuse myself. I can't believe I have to like, you know, here's my mea culpa, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I learned, you know, you learn the tool and then you have, it takes time to like unlearn that or learn something else and, and all that sort of stuff. And even though keynote was very simple, finally, when I made the transition, I was still like, but I, that's not how it works. So I couldn't figure out how to make the animation work. And I do a lot of, not a lot of animation, but things with transitions, um, to sort of soften all the, everything. Wait a second. Um, wait, wait a what? second. Pow- Keynote existed while you were using PowerPoint? Y- yes. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you. I know. I'm sorry. I was blind, but now I see. I, okay. really, I, had, a, I had a conversion experience. It was, it was quite remarkable. Well, you know, um, converts are always the best, so... Oh, I know. So let's talk about smoking. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So what was happening is I... I, I have lots and lots of slides and lots of animation uh, in my shows and always have. I mean, I, I think my current slow show is is nearing 300 slides, which is a little excessive for 90 minutes, but still. Um, and these things were creeping up to like, you know, 100 megabyte files. They're, they're big. And one day in the middle of a presentation, it just, you know, PowerPoint crapped out on me because it doesn't use the processor power or whatever, right? I don't understand. It's blah, 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 ginger, blah, blah, blah. But, um, so I said, okay, I have to do something. And I read up a little and it said Keynote, you know, worked better, you know, played nicer with Macs, obviously, because it's a Mac program. And I first... Well, you were using PowerPoint on a Mac at this point? Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm so Go sorry. I'm so sorry. But I'm going to be such an evangelist for Keynote now because I started using it. And instantly I'm like, oh, look, you can just drag things over into it. And look, thing, you know, the Snap 2 grid works so well. And look, animation really is quite simple once you understand how to, you know, use it. So now I'm actually building things in Keynote. And it is, of course, like eight bazillion times easier. And it never chokes. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously gorgeous. Uh, one reason I will say, and I know this is like a weird quirk. Um, I'm kind of a control freak and a little bit. And I build most of my like complex slides in Photoshop anyway. So I know like a lot of the reason people like to use Keynote as opposed to PowerPoint is that the templates are nicer or the fonts or this or that. Well, that was never an issue with me because I was always creating all those things in, you know, like designing beautiful, you know, print things in, in Photoshop first. So that was less of an issue. I didn't have to worry about, you know, fonts not showing up on computers and things like that in my have, defense. Have you figured out Magic Move yet? Magic Move? What's Magic Move? No. You don't, what's magic you don't move? know about Magic Move? Oh, no, man, what's you gotta, magic move? You gotta check it out. It's in my book. I'm writing it down. All right. So, so what it so does is missed it. you have a slide with mm-hmm. uh, a series of objects on it, and then you duplicate that slide and you move the objects around to different places. And then you just set the transition as a magic move. And oh. Keynote automatically maps the move of the, the objects. I, I remember back when I was in the PowerPoint days, I mean, this was before Keynote existed. And uh, I had a case that involved a water intrusion. So I had to show water flowing out of a pipe underground going into a wall. It was, you know, just a construction thing. And it took me like a day and I had to individually animate each drop of water. And it was so, it was just nuts. And, uh, yeah, it's painful. Yeah. And then, and then so I get, you know, power, uh, start using Keynote. And then when they come out with this magic move, I think it was Keynote. I think it was the iteration before the 09 version, whatever that was that they first had magic move. And, it, it just, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. It just turned something that used to be really labor intensive into clicking a box. Check it wow. out. Wow. Yeah, you'll now like I've, it. 
I got to make something so I can use it. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Some concept. Well, you can move words around the screen. You can move objects, whatever. And uh, it's really a super feature. I don't know. And to be honest, I have lost touch with PowerPoint. I don't use it enough. I'm sh- I'm sure it's got better and. They may even have a feature similar to that at this point, but it's really pretty amazing. You know, the thing about Keynote that I, everyone always told me is, you know, this is an app that Steve Jobs was passionate about because he used it. And at Apple, an app that Steve Jobs uses a lot gets a lot of love and attention. Right. Um, and I think there's some truth to it. I think, who was it? Was it, um, we, we had a guest recently who was talking about Keynote who said he thought it was the best app that Apple made. I forget which one of our guests. Was it Horace? That? I think it was Horace. Yeah. Yeah. But might I, have, don't I think quote it would have been that. maybe it was Michael Lopp. I think it was Michael Lopp who said that. But And oh, he used maybe. to work for Apple. Uh, but yeah. the uh, it is really an amazing presentation tool. Do you do much presentation work still? I mean, I saw that you're going to be talking at TEDx. That's pretty cool. I do. I mean, I do a lot of presentation work. I don't do presentations for other people anymore, though. Yeah. I gave that up. Yeah. You're doing your own. I do my own. Yeah. That's better. Oh, yeah. It's way better. I mean, I enjoyed fixing. I, I like fixing things and making things nice, but um, it's way more satisfying to do my own presentations for sure. Yeah. Earlier in my career, I used to make um, presentations for the senior attorneys and it. I would be sitting on my hands watching them give them. And it would just make me oh. nuts. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I remember once. No, I shouldn't say. I, I was thinking. You know, if he had had a flat tire this morning, I think I could have done a pretty good job of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. So using Keynote too, and you're an OmniFocus geek, right? Sort of. I would not. Yeah, oh, I love OmniFocus, but it is one of those things that I keep. I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure I'm using it all wrong. I'm just. I'm sure I'm using it completely wrong. As long wrong. as it works for you. But as long as it works for me, and it does remind me of the things that I need to do when I need to do them. So that's good. So that's working. Um, I, I there's some user error as far as what I think can be done in a lifetime. So I think that's really what is impeding my progress in this area. It's just too many things, too many inputs. You know, it's funny with OmniFocus, it's one of those apps where people often say to me, and maybe it's because I write and talk about it so much, they come to me and they, they're almost apologetic about the way they use it. They say, you know, I'm sure I could use it better, but it's really not, you know, it's really not that way. I think OmniFocus was built in a way where it's very adjustable. You can use it to whatever extent you want. Um, I, I think I'm kind of nuts the way I use it because I go so deep into it. But if you just made a, a grocery list on it, I don't think you're using the app wrong. You know, whatever works for you. It's true. And, and I think that's the main thing. Um, and I'm, lear- I'm learning to play more with context now, which I'm finding very helpful. Um, because I think, you know, I, well, a lot of us came out of GTD and, oh, it's going to save us and it's going to work so well. But a lot of the practices he developed before, you know, computers were ubiquitous and before everyone was online all the time. So those distinctions aren't so useful anymore, especially when, you know, I'm sitting in front of my computer most of the time in my house or maybe on the road. But um, it's much more to me about what available energy I have than what tools are available because the tools are ubiquitous at this point. There's a real, there's a really good uh, blog. It's called simplicity is bliss and it's uh, Sven Fetchner, I'm sorry, Sven, if I just screwed up your name. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And he does some really interesting stuff with OmniFocus. And one of his recent posts, he talked about why contexts don't work anymore. And he changed his context to 
kind of his state of mind, you know, where if he's feeling like he's focused, he has stuff to do for then. And if he has stuff where he's just, you know, watching TV and working in the background, or I don't remember exactly all his context, but he took a completely different approach to it. And uh, that was one where he talked about brain dead. Wasn't that one of the contexts? Yeah, maybe, maybe. So you follow Sven as well. Well, Um, I didn't, but I, I was like desperate. So I started Googling and I think I came across it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I thought it was a really interesting way to look at that. I haven't implemented it yet because the traditional um, context actually worked for me because my life is weird, but the, uh, it's really a pretty good idea at the same time. I, maybe, you know, the stuff will evolve more. Maybe. Colleen, you said something when we were talking offline earlier about you use a lot of applications, but you use them in unique ways. Maybe not the way that you're supposed to, but it's the way that you work for you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And uh, that's all that's important. I mean, I I don't, you said it almost apologetically, and I don't think you need to be apologetic for that in any way, because at the end of the day, it's all about if you get done what you need to get done and you're happy with it. I do. That is the way healthy people look at the world. Um, and I am really working towards being a mentally healthy person. Um, <laughs> it's going to be my life's work. And I'm sure at the end, I'll still have some to-dos left on the list, but that's okay. In my case, it's a never-ending battle. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is it that you think that you're using incorrectly? Well, chiefly, I'm sure I'm using... Um, you know, OmniFocus. I'm convinced I'm using OmniFocus in- incorrectly. And then I also, I'm sure I'm doing Photoshop all wrong, but I learned my ways of using it. So I use it. And I, for example, it's ridiculous to create things in Photoshop when you're not doing, you know, I, I've seen some fantastic presentations where clearly um, Photoshop was necessary. But for what I'm doing, I really could just l- let go of some of the control and use available fonts on my machine and just use Keynote now because Keynote is, is, um, is so designer friendly. Um, so I'm sure I'm using that wrong. Um, and I don't know. I don't feel like I'm using Evernote wrong only because I, Evernote does feel like one of those tools where they say, just do whatever. Here's a whole bunch of things you can do and like just use it. So I use it for all kinds of stuff. And I'm not sure if other people do, but I do. Yeah. So let's talk about that because that's okay. something that I think David is starting to to use more, mm-hmm. and it's something that I've I've used and I've started using even more ever ever since we we did our Evernote show a couple of months back. Right? Yes, how I do, love how that. Do you, how do you use Evernote? Because I've started dumping even more in Evernote and even less in file and folders, and and that's something that would have made me cringe a year ago. Yeah. Um, well, that's a huge part of it for me was uh, wanting to just have all my receipts and, and by receipts, I don't even mean like taxi type receipts. I just mean, I need this when I'm on the road to travel just in case something happens. Uh, and I love that you can a tag everything. You know, I tag things like crazy. I don't always look at the tags, but I know they're there if I need them. And I have very few folders and then you can search within. So, you know, you create a little text expander string with the dates the way you want and a few other things. And then, you know, you plug things in there as, you know, print to PDF to Evernote and bam, they're just there without even thinking about it. It's so fast. I have like a text expander um, snippet that executes a bunch of tags for uh, business receipts. So it's got, you know, the year, it's got, uh, this is for Visa, this is for this client, this is for whatever, and it's just done. I don't, it's like, it's muscle memory now. I don't have to worry about it. So all that stuff I keep in there. But then I also keep things like, um, I have a lot of screen caps that I take all the time. Um, I'm constantly, I have all these dreams for my website and redoing them. So I'm constantly taking screen caps and uh, marking them up for that 
and I save those all to Evernote, as well as for my presentations, I'll do screen caps and save them in an examples file to use later on for presentations. And that's, again, extremely helpful to be able to go in there and just find that stuff because it's it, it's so easy to sort for different things. Um, so those are a few things. I keep a kudos file, which is actually two types of things. Uh, people will send me, you know, nice things in the mail, in the emails. And so I'll save those. And then I also will save some as testimonials to be used against the future need, date, whatever. And I separate those by tags so that they're all one big gigantic folder. But, um, you know, they're separated by tags. I have a series of quotes that I keep and then I just separate those out by tags. So I'm building a huge quote file for this book that eventually I'll write. Well, I want to use quotes and stuff like uh, for it. So I have those all saved in there. So um, those are just some of the ways that I use it. Um, recipes even, you know, I love saving recipes. <laughs> so I have all those in there because I like having pictures. Yeah, I have about four. That's about the only things I know how to make. Oh, well, save more recipes. Maybe you'll learn how to make more recipes. Use that fancy iPad in the kitchen. I guess so. I, I really dig the idea of a kudos file. I'm thinking about it now. Oh, it's so, great, David. When you're feeling a little low, you just dip into the kudos file. You're like, I'm not so bad. Yeah, You know, it's funny. Cause, so my day job, I'm a lawyer, right? Right. You don't get many kudos don't like as us. a lawyer. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> it, it, there's like a chart. I always tell people like. People it, pay us not to be liked. Yeah. No. Well, well, I don't think that. But the so when I have a trial, the day after trial, my client loves me because I I work my ass off when I'm in trial, right? So right, and and I'm brilliant, and they're so happy with me. And then, you know, a couple months later, I did a great job, you know. And then a couple months months after that, they're like, "Wow, you know, that was really expensive," you know. And then like <laughs> six months later, it was. Why did I have to pay you? I was right to begin with. I, it should, uh, I could have done it. You know? yeah. So you're not used to kudos. So then I get into this Max Sparky thing and I start to get friends all over the world and I'm writing some books and I get these emails from people who are telling me how it helped them in their life this way or that way. And even it's just a little nerdy thing, but it makes me really feel awesome inside. And I save them, uh, you know, cause they come in every week or so I'll get an email from somebody and I'll just put it aside. And then at the end of the week when I'm feeling bad or something, I'll read that email and it just picks me right up. So I think I like the idea of a kudos file. So when I'm really having a hard time, I could go back and just have a collection of them to it's, rebuild it, my self esteem. Yeah, your fragile self-esteem. Um, yeah. I'll tell you the other thing that's actually functional about it beyond just, you know, a bomb, a healing bomb for your soul is especially because what we do these days changes by, you know, day by day. It's like we don't have the, what is a, a Merlin talks about, um, Richard Scary jobs. You know, we don't have those jobs anymore. So when I'm trying to define what it is that I can do for people or do do for people, uh, a lot of times people will tell me in these notes because they'll tell me very specifically, like, I got X, Y, and Z from you and now I am able to do ABC. And that helps me see it, like, provides a sort of a mirror. So when I get a little confused sometime, uh, it's, it's better for me to be able to have something external like that, a third party thing I can go in and, and just look at and like, huh, well, look at these commonalities. A lot of people are getting this kind of stuff from what I'm writing, maybe I should um, start focusing more on that. Maybe, you know, have I been doing enough of that lately? Or maybe that's a lens through which I can look at this problem so that it will be helpful to more people. So it, it gives you an ability to, to track what works. Exactly. That was so succinct. My God, no wonder you're a lawyer. <laughs> hmm. 
I'm not sure about that. (laughs) (laughs) Lawyers actually, I think when you go through law school, they train you to speak poorly and and to write poorly. If you read anything a a new lawyer writes out of law school, there's a lot of here as and where therefore. And I read. Here to for after shall be known as. Yeah, I I read this stuff and I'm like, why do you think you have to put this in your papers? What makes you think that's going to make it more convincing? Uh, Um, Anyway. Well, this is probably a good time to take a quick break and talk about um, a PDF pen, which is the other product uh, from our exclusive smile, uh, exclusive sponsor, I should say, Smile Software. Um, so PDF pen is a product that, that I use every day and I've actually been using it more and more in conjunction with Evernote, which we just talked about, because now that I'm putting more and more of my life into Evernote, one of the things that I've been concerned about is some of the privacy of the things that I've been putting into Evernote. Um, like I, I want to have the convenience of having my bank statements up into Evernote, but I, there's, there's some stuff on there that, you know, like maybe if it's got my credit card number or something like that, that I don't want on there. So I've been downloading them and I, I really want somebody to write me a script for this. So this is my, my call out to all the Mac Power users fans to, um, to OCR all my text with PDF pen, which is easy enough. We, we've got the script for that. And then I find and redact my credit card information, which is very easy, very fast. And then it goes into Evernote, um, so that all my credit card numbers are blacked out and that, you know, if anything happens and the cloud is compromised, um, all that stuff is still gone. Now, that sounds like a lot of work because it sounds like a lot of steps, um, but it, it doesn't take long. It's it's like I just did a whole year's worth in about 10 minutes the other day. It was pretty easy. Wow, that's a good extra step to take. I should probably be doing that. Well, and, and what I do is I've got a couple of find and redact searches. Like I find and redact like the first five digits of my social security number. And I find and redact like the first, I, I don't know, whatever, but the last four digits of my credit card number, just mm-hmm. so I can, you know, pick out which one, the which, which of the credit cards I, it was that I used for something. But it'd be really nice to be able to batch that. So guys, if you're listening, new feature request. Um, but what, what kind of stuff do you, do you use PDF pen at all? I know David and I use it all the time in our, our law practice and in our everyday work. I do. It's my uh, it's my default PDF application, as a matter of fact, um, because it's it's so I love the OCR. Uh, it's wonderful. It really saves your bacon later on. And I got tired. I mean, I got rid of my fax machine a long time ago, and yeah. then I got rid of my fax phone number because I was like, this is ridiculous. And most the, of the people I deal with will let me send contracts back to them through email. So I just go into, they'll send me the PDF or the contract or whatever, you know, and I go in and you could make your little field and type your name in and it looks all nice and neat. And then I have my signature I stick in there and I just email it back to them and it's fantastic and then save it all to Evernote. Um, so yeah, I never, it never even needs to get printed out of my uh, machine, which is great. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who's opening a, a brand new law practice on her own, and she emailed me and she said, do you all ever use your fax machine? Do you need your fax machine for anything these days? And I said, nope, this is what you need. And I sent her a link. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, so we'll see if, if that works out. Yeah. Uh, so when PDF I, Pen does a whole lot more. Go ahead. When David. I deal with people and they want to fax me and they can't figure out how to get it to me digitally, that's kind of um, that's a strike, you know. you got to yeah. figure that out. You know, we, we had a, we had a, a um, listener writing because we talked in the last episode about the signature, you know, like Colleen signs her contracts with uh, PDF pen. And they made a really good suggestion. They said, get a big fat marker and write it on, write your signature on a big piece of paper. That's and, what I did, Sharpie. And kind of, yeah. And I, I didn't do that. I'm going to re, redo my signature. I thought that was a really good idea. Yeah. It shows up much better. Yeah. 
So PDF Pen can do everything we talked about. It can do the signatures. You can edit your PDFs. You can redact things. And then if you get the pro version, you can do even more. You can download entire websites and convert them to PDF. You can create fillable forms. So if you have the same forms that you're regularly sending to people and you want them to fill it out, I do this all the time with my law practice. And you can even create indexable table of contents so that if you've got a a large PDF file or you're putting a bunch of information together in a PDF file, uh, you can organize it all with the table of contents. So PDF Pen costs $60 for the regular version, $100 for the pro version. They are both available in the Mac App Store or from smilesoftware.com. And we want to thank them again for their exclusive sponsorship of the Mac Power users. Yay! Yeah. So let's talk about your iPhone a little bit. How does the uh, iOS fit into your life? <laughs> um, well, I am highly attached to um, computing. So uh, it, it lives with me all the time. I'm, I'm turning it on right now to look at it. And I... I use it a lot to, I use it a lot to take pictures. I'm big on taking pictures of things to remind myself of where I was. So I have a few different picture taking apps that are on there that I play with. Um, and then what else do I use it the most for? I have, I use Instapaper heavily. I'm a big fan of the Instapaper and, uh, read a lot on my iPhone when I'm out and about. Uh, I use it as a timer. I have all kinds of timers I set for when I'm speaking. I use that for sure, but just, you know, just not when you're listening to the Philharmonic, right? No, no. I try to, I try to, or at least put it on vibrate. No, I only listen to the Philharmonic in airplane mode, of course. Okay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I have yeah. a thought on that whole thing because that's kind of a big deal. Everybody's talking about it and writing about it. Do you think that if they had switched that behavior so the mute really meant mute and turned off the alarm as well? that it would have taken us four and a half years for people to be outraged. Cause when you think this has been the behavior since day one of the iPhone. Right. And now it took four and a half years for people to get upset about it. I suspect that if the mute switch really did mean mute and the alarms didn't work, mm-hmm. we would have been hearing about it like three weeks after the first iPhone came out. I think you're probably right. The first time somebody misses a flight or loses a job or whatever. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I think you're right. That's a good point. Anyway. I'm sorry to interrupt. So no, so, no. So now, but it sounds to me though you're mainly using it for consumption. You know, you're reading articles and doing stuff. Now, the writing, like the text stuff, do you ever write on your iPhone? Never, never. Okay. And in fact, I will. You know, I'm. I kind of use it as my way of staying in touch with the world. You know, world giving me information, and then I wait till I'm back at a full size keyboard, just because I never got it. I don't understand how you kids text so quickly. Um, I got old people hands. They don't work like that. You know, it's, it takes a while. Maybe you just haven't used it enough. It just comes to a point when, when the force takes over and it just a a bit in your brain flips over and it happens. Like when you learn a language first, you're translating everything, but then finally you don't even, you just think in that language. Is it something, something like that, but something, something in my brain clicked one day and all of a sudden from that point on, it was fine. Hmm. But it took a while. It took a couple months of, of like constant use. Wow. Well, maybe. I'll keep poking away at it. I, I suspect that you didn't get a, an iPad yet because you've been waiting for no. the higher resolution. And yes. all the um, all the like John Gruber says it's probably going to happen and it's probably going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, so but so we're expecting a new iPad with a higher resolution. Hopefully you'll be upgrading to that. I sent you a book, so I'm hoping that you'll get into the iPad because I think it'd be great for you. And once you get that, I suspect you will find that you're working on those text files more mobile with that thing. 
I think you're probably right. Um, but of course, that remains to be seen because I don't have one yet. I mean, yeah. that I can rest away from someone long enough to actually try this thing out. To be honest, I don't write a lot on my iPhone either. Now that the iPhone 4S is out and I can dictate to it, I'm doing that mm-hmm. a lot more than I ever did before. But yeah, I, I never did. <laughs> well, you still get one, right? You know, but the, uh, <laughs> it's not like it's magical. But it, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, but so being able to di- dictate to it helps. But even then, I find if I really want to write on the mobile, I'm just pulling out the iPad and tapping it out. I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing that voice dictation find its way to the new iPad or, or the old one. Yeah. I don't do any voice dictation at all. Um, I guess I should try that. The only thing I've ever done is, you know, record notes on the fly. I'll, I'll usually have it set. I, that's one of the things I keep on my home screen so that I can just do recording, you know, if I'm driving or something like that safely, safely. Um, but yeah, then it's all about transcribing and transcribing such a pain. I hate transcribing. It, there is a new app out uh, and it's in the app store. It's 50 bucks by nuance who make the best dictation software without question called dragon express. And so they have a $50 version of their dictation app and just using that what well, you're on a snowball, right? Or you have a, you have a, you have a USB mic. Um, yes. So just using that, talking into that $50 app, you may be surprised at how well it works. And uh, you're, you're like Merlin to me in the sense that you're very extemporaneous and you say funny things. I bet you could like put some great text out if you just put the mic in front of you and started talking. Hmm. Well, I, I, I could certainly try. I always yeah. think that um, my writing, like I've tried to read my writing aloud and it sounds ridiculous. My writing only works when you read it, read it. But yeah. um, I, for a while, I did a year of podcasts of a blog that I was doing. I was doing like a marketing experience, uh, experiment. So I did a, a thing a week. And when I would read it, I would actually kind of improvise what from what I was reading on the fly because it sounded too weird to just read it. Yeah. Well, you may want to try it. I, I, it just yeah. depends. I, I get these RSI issues when I type a lot. My fingers start to kind of cramp up. So I try to dictate as much as possible to preserve what I've got left in my, my digits here. But uh, That's smart. Check, you know, check it out. You may like that. I will. Yeah. So what what haven't we talked about yet? And and the way I like to put this is what are the little gems that you have both on your computer and on your iPhone? Like the, the little shareware things that, that you just couldn't live without. What are they and what do they do? Okay. So I don't even know if this – I guess it counts as Mac stuff, but – Anything counts. All right. So here's – I love – You want to tell me about your Blu-ray player? That's fine. <laughs> No, I'm not going to tell you about that. Because okay. I want Blu-ray. What? Um, discs. What are those? Um, oh, those coasters that I have all over my house. Uh, Mailplane. I love Mailplane so much. I heart it deeply and madly. And then I have Mailplane with the Reportive plugin, which the Reportive plugin is totally free. And that Reportive changed my life. Because I don't know about you. I don't. I don't. I, I tried wait, Mail. Wait, t- tell me. Tell me what the the Reportive plugin is. So if you use Gmail, and I, I don't right. think that you know it doesn't work, you know, for mail or whatever. But if you use Gmail, uh, it's a plugin that goes and pulls information from social networks. So it, whoever emails me, it doesn't have to be someone who's in my address book or in my Gmail um, contacts. 
uh, a little picture will show up either from LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, depending. And then it'll have their information, like where, you know, basically where they live, what region and some stuff about them. And um, if they're in my book, it'll have their contact information or whatever. And it'll have whatever emails we, we've exchanged recently, just the headers or whatever. Um, but it'll also have things like tweets. It'll let me know if I'm connected to them on LinkedIn uh, or if I'm connected to them on Twitter, which is rare, but or, you know, Facebook or whatever, just so that there's some context because I I am one of those weird people who knows people from all kinds of different areas. Like I don't have, I guess this is happening to more and more of us, but I don't have just like one little set of friends here in LA. It's like, I got my actor friends and my photography friends and then all these people who read the blog, but they never read the newsletter and then people who read the newsletter, but never read the blog and, and so on and so forth. So it really helps me just because I have a, you know, mind like cheese, thanks to the eighties to look at, to just have this thing pop up with a photo and context. And it, I, I, I wish that they would start charging for it so that I could pay them money because I want to make sure it exists forever. I love it that much. Love it. It would also um, hook up with your MailChimp too. If you have a MailChimp um, newsletter. So So are you, are you all into the Google lifestyle? Not totally. Um, I, I, I am one of the, you know, 10 people who is a heavy user of Wave and I'm still, I mean, every day I just sort of, you know, say a little weepy prayer that somehow or other we'll be able to keep it going. But of course we can't, we're figuring out, I'm figuring out with my friend Dave Say, we've been doing a Wave project for two years now, writing in the Wave daily. Um, but we're, we'll have to obviously have to move it to a different platform. But other than um, Gmail and the Wave, I don't. I mean, I'll, every once in a while use a Google Docs if someone insists, but I don't, I think it's a janky interface. I don't really like it. I just like, again, that it's available anywhere on multiple devices. I mean, I could get on this stupid computer in the hotel, you know, those pieces of junk that they have in the lobby, and I can get on and see everything just bam, 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 um, super easy. So, yeah, I just like the ubiquity of it. And the um, shortcuts. I'd be, really, I'd be really hesitant to put my Google password into one of those computers. <laughs> No, I, I walk on the wild side. I probably yeah, shouldn't. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I just I have to assume that that computer is compromised just about every way possible. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> no, that's cool though. I you know there's you, there's no way you could do that with the built-in mail app, and uh, no. it really gives you could because of your journey. You've been you've done so many different things that I'm I'm certain that you know context for who is this person makes a big difference for you. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Um, I mean, not that I wouldn't, I'm, I'm delighted to know new people anyway, especially when they write me lovely emails. But um, but yeah, it's the most horrifying thing to me is to not see somebody because I like being seen. You know, I, I, you know, when someone doesn't remember your name or doesn't remember whatever, doesn't just doesn't remember you. So I never want to do that to anybody else. But my memory is just not what it used to be. And it was never fantastic, let's be honest. So it's extremely helpful to use that. So what are your other favorite little apps that you uh, rely um, upon? I could not live without ViewScan. I know that's stupid, but I love oh, the scanner app. Oh, it's fantastic because not, why do, why do scanners and printers not play nice? I don't know. It's very frustrating to me. Um, but it, I use ViewScan all the time, all the time. Um, and so that's really good. Um, what else do I use all the time? So funny because I guess you have to look up up top at the top of the computer and see what's there. I use BusyCal. I love BusyCal. Um, again, it just, I, I like the way it looks and I like the way um, it plays with Gmail much more nicely than um, the regular iCal does for me yeah. anyway, in my experience. 
And with Lion, iCal really took a turn. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you're on Lion, right? I mean, uh, only on not not on my main machine. No, not on the my MacBook Pro. I, I have it on the Air. But, okay. Yeah. Well, what, what computers? So you have a MacBook Air? You at the 11 or the 13? The 13. Which I'm kind of wishing I got in the 11 because the whole thing about it is to have, like, I have this 15 inch behemoth, uh, MacBook Pro, which is kind of heavy for a tiny lady to carry around. But, um, I'm so glad I did because I was just in a hotel in Albuquerque, this tiny, crazy little hotel. It's a great hotel, but they had a hardwire connection and ethernet connection, you know, so yeah. <laughs> you There's never a know. dongle you can get for that. I guess yeah, I could, could and yeah. carry it around, but one more thing to carry. Exactly. I'm like you though. I have the 13. But part of me pines away for the 11, and I'm not sure even why. <laughs> but, I just like tiny. I, you know, I thought about it, but every time I think about it, I just go, yeah, it'd be too small most of the time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what else do I use? I love, I love iFi. I don't take a lot of photos with my point and shoot out in the world anymore. But anytime I'm taking a photo of something um, for my blog, illustrate for my blog or whatever, or um, a lot of times I use note cards and I use gigantic pieces of uh, butcher paper that I'll spread out on my analog desk, which is what I call my dining room table. So my entire house is like an office now. Um, so I'll take pictures on that and it just uploads automatically. And that is just like magic and fantastic. So that's really great. Um, and then I have a... Well, now, tell people a little bit what the iFi does. There may be people who don't know what that oh, is. Oh, okay. So iFi is just um, whatever it is. It, uh, what do you even call it? Uh, those cards. It's a... Uh, it's an SD card, SD right? SD card, exactly, uh, that goes in your camera. But then it sends a little radio signal to your computer, and then it, uh, which... You know, you have to set up each computer to use it on each wireless network. So if you go to a new wireless network in a hotel, you have to be able to get in and, and use the passwords and everything and reconfigure it there. But so like I said, I don't travel with it. I just use it here at home. But uh, anytime you take a picture, it'll automatically upload to that, uh, to your, com- to your computer from your camera. So you don't have to worry about, you know, dragging it over and plugging it in. There's a little dongle. I think you can do it with it too, but I don't, you don't have to use that. Um, so that's great. And then I have an ift. If how do you say it? If ta ta ta, how do you? If if you know, I <laughs> I like that. Let's just go with if that. ta ta ta. So I have an if ta ta uh, recipe set up, and it t- it takes it from my computer and sends it up to Dropbox. Like I have all these things that are I, I'm all about ubiquitous and redundancy. Like be redundant and be ubiquitous because I've had I've lost my data too many times. Yeah, I guess we should say it's it's called if this then that. It's a website. If this and then it's, that. Yeah. It's it's pretty awesome where you can it, give it instructions where it does stuff on your computer. It's it's really neat. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, so and the, the point of the iFi is you just walk in the door and your pictures start uploading. You don't have to right. plug it in and worry about all that. Right. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty cool. And I do, I've started playing around with Scrivener. I wouldn't call that the thing that I have, I can, you know, not live without yet, but it's pretty great. I do love LaunchBar. I've been using that a lot more and it's, it is like magic. I started using it more after you talked about it, David, you, you and Katie talked about it and it's like, it is like magic. <laughs> Things you could do with it. Um, but I'm just at the beginning of that curve. So it's not really the thing I can't live without, but I do like it. Yeah. I, I was um, really proud of that show we did on it. So if you listen to it and just pick up a little tip. And then yeah. use that for a month, and then you may pick up another one, and you're pretty good. 
which is probably like, that's my biggest tip of all anyway, is try not to overwhelm myself with too many things at once. Just try one thing and get really good yeah. at the one thing. And then you'll do, you'll either like that tool and move on or you'll say, not the tool for me. And you know, you don't have to use it anymore. And rescue time. I also, I bought a rescue time uh, subscription because I really like seeing at the end of the week how unproductive I've been. (laughs) (laughs) It's helping keeping me a little bit honest. You know, I set up a couple of goals for myself. So I'm like, okay, a little less time on this and a little more time on that. It's nice to see it. Well, Colleen, it seems to me that, you know, all these things you're doing uh, very worthwhile and you're using your technology pretty efficiently to help you make that happen. And that's really what these workflow shows are about. We take people who are like you, who, who do something amazing, and they use their technology to get them there. And I, uh, I think this is uh, – I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us about this stuff. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure and honor, frankly. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we, do like, uh, we do like having you in. And I, I just think uh, I, anybody who's not familiar with your work listening to the show, I strongly recommend go over to Communicatrix and just start following Colleen. In addition to uh, uplifting and interesting information, you are going to guarantee to have at least a couple laughs every week. And we need as many of those as we can get. Um, so thanks for coming in. Is there any other places we should point people for the stuff you're doing? Oh, no. I wouldn't. I don't do much on Twitter anymore. I'm one of those weirdos who um, I actually like horsing around on Facebook, but I know probably no one who listens to this podcast does that. But um, I do like that. But yeah, I think just the main blog is good. Well, it's kind of interesting. Katie uses Facebook and I don't even have an account. I use Facebook a little bit. He got rid of his account. Yeah. Good for you. I don't know. I mean, it's not like I don't do other social media type stuff. I'm on Twitter all the time and uh, I've been playing with some of these iPhone uh, social media apps. So I'm not sure that it makes me <laughs> righteous or anything, but I just got tired of hearing from people that weren't my friends in high school that wanted to be my friends. Now it was causing this existential crisis every time I got an email and <laughs> I decided it was easier just to avoid it entirely. <laughs> anyway. I think that's wise. Yeah. <laughs> but Gene had, Smile gives me a hard time about it. Like, you know, come on, you're doing Max Sparky and you don't even have a Facebook account. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, and <laughs> she's got a pretty good point, really. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, it was, it was awesome having you on the show. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking in the future. And uh, I'm going to uh, show up on your door one day, um, probably unannounced, you know. And, Excellent. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about getting you on Envy Alt and you can teach me something. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll have a sandwich. We'll have a good time. Yeah, yeah. we'll have a sandwich and some coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, thanks for coming in and we will see you next time thanks for having me thanks, David Mom. and Katie